Hi everyone. I'm your host, Kelsey, and welcome to Greater Connection. Here we explore, learn, heal, and grow together as we dive into ways to connect more fully to ourselves, our relationships, and the greater world around us. Let's connect. Welcome back everyone to Greater Connection. I'm so excited to have you here. And today we're going to talk about people pleasing. And I feel like this is something we all hear about, but we don't always know what to make of it. I believe many don't perceive themselves to be the biggest people pleasers. We say things like, I'm nice, or I'm helpful, or I'm not a mean person. And we may even be in denial that we are people pleasers, as the term can feel shaming. But this is something that I think we all struggle with on a certain level. I've never thought of myself as a people pleaser just to realize I actually kind of am, or I can be at least. It can depend on the setting, the relationship, or the context, but I definitely am one that can people please. But something I've learned is that it doesn't always come from a bad place. We people please because it serves real functions for us to move and groove in this life and within our relationships. And it's usually born out of a genuine place. But it's how it manifests that can create dissonance and imbalance in our lives. I look forward to discussing people-pleasing, why we do it, how we can rebalance from it, and how to acknowledge yourself and live more healthily in your relationships with others to avoid resentment, guilt, manipulation, or insecurity. People-pleasing is changing our behavior to make someone else happy. We do it as we are usually operating from a place of believing we understand what another person needs or wants, and we please them to satisfy something within ourselves. This is typically done out of the need for acceptance, and this acceptance is believed to only come from positive social interactions, as negative social interactions are really upsetting. I very much resonate with this as I can struggle to disappoint and upset others or feel like I have hurt someone else as well. For example, some ways I feel I can act this way in my life is when I talk to a friend and listen to their stories, but not share mine. Or at a restaurant, I will sometimes accept food that didn't come as ordered because I didn't want to make anyone go through the trouble of getting me my correct dish. Or I'll say yes to plans and sometimes not say no if I know it could hurt another person. Many of us, myself included, didn't just start people-pleasing because it was fun. It is usually triggered from childhood, from being put in positions to please another person and their needs before your own, and or as a way to meet our needs for connection, approval, or safety. As someone that grew up in a home that often felt unsafe and unpredictable, I learned to do what I needed to do to keep the peace or not rock the boat. Whether it came to upsetting and facing rejection and abandonment from an alcoholic parent, or hiding my needs or desires to not feel like I am too much, or to even create more stress or difficulty in an already problematic home. I think many of us have that memory in our minds of a time we upset someone by doing something that was not in line with what they wanted from us. It can be hard to feel confident to stand in your sacred power and feel worthy of your needs and desires and speaking up for them. 
it's easier for many to take a role of people pleasing to appease and to allow one to be enriched with the benefits, even if they are advantageous in the short term and destructive in the long run. But at its core, people-pleasing is actually manipulation. For my people-pleasers, even my part-time people-pleasers out there, we may not like to think of ourselves as perpetual manipulators, but that really is what it is. We can manipulate the situation to minimize conflict and bring forth our desired outcome by giving the restaurant a five-star review despite terrible and neglectful service. We manipulate the establishment to reflect positively on our patronism, even if it's not true for us. What we're really doing is neglecting the work it may take to find a compromise that is likely out there. And we completely deny the chance that we have to represent our needs and what is important for us in a situation. And we do this for a number of reasons, reasons that benefit us, which is why we can have these repeated cycles, sometimes forever and ever. We also can influence our relationships from doing this, and that plays out into the continuation of cycles and perpetuity. At the core, these benefits feel satisfying because they temporarily and superficially fulfill unmet needs. Some of these benefits are getting people's approval. By people-pleasing, we allow ourselves the benefit of another's approval and even appreciation. We all know how good that feeling is, and it can be one that we chase and even set up so we can feel over and over again manipulating a circumstance for desired results. Another benefit is we avoid conflict. We may find ourselves saying yes to avoid conflict or upset feelings. When a friend wants to talk and interrupts your solo night and you say yes because you worry there could be conflict if you say no. By doing this, we meet our needs of safety, harmony, and even calmness, though we may slightly boil inside. We also get to feel the benefit of feeling needed. This is one I really identify with, especially in relationships where I am desiring closeness or connection with somebody else. I see this really play out with family or those I'm trying to please, especially in work relationships too. And this can allow for security and stability and especially reliable expectations. And this can also help fill our needs for connection, purpose, or even significance. I see this one play out a lot with older siblings in my life. If they have felt neglected and desire attention from a parent who becomes less and less available with every child that is born, becoming valuable and needed is a way to feel like they matter. And the cycle continues. And lastly, a huge benefit of people-pleasing is we're able to control our environments. When we are in control and we have a level of expectation crafted by ourselves, we feel safe and in control. As humans, this is a natural tendency to decrease unpredictability and increase expectation. It's what we're constantly chasing, consciously and unconsciously, in the big and small actions we take from day to day. Those that have experienced unsafe environments, especially from a young age, may grow into these tendencies because control and safety truly feel so good. It's too hard and seemingly unnatural to act in a way that could jeopardize that. If you are identifying with some of these benefits, I can guarantee you are not alone. 
And these are really real benefits that are highly valuable and sought after. And there's no shame in wanting connection, approval, or safety. We can feel supremely justified in people-pleasing, and I know I have in my own life. It can be easier to agree than to disagree, feel safer to manage another person's emotions for them and neglect our own, talk about other people, then talk about ourselves, change who we are to be liked, say yes instead of saying no. You get the picture. The deeper we get into people-pleasing, the more we can rationalize its necessity in order to maintain our levels of security in ourselves and in our relationships. But in doing this, we really miss the chance to not only allow our needs to be met in truly fulfilling ways, but we disallow the opportunity to be more deeply and authentically connected with others in our lives be seen and accepted for who we truly are, and move in a way that doesn't harbor negative emotions such as resentment, guilt, or even shame. Some questions that can help one think a little bit more and feel into people-pleasing and what it does for you could be asking, how do these benefits serve me in my life? What do I receive when I make other people happy? How has making others happy helped me avoid hard feelings or situations? And are there things that I can do to receive the same benefits without people-pleasing? So what are ways we can heal people-pleasing? First, we can start with holding ourselves accountable for our own well-being and not others. When we stay in our lane and remember ourselves first and really prioritize our needs, we break those patterns of feeling like we need to alter ourselves to be accepted or approved of by others. We can set boundaries and clearly communicate to others what we will and will not tolerate. When a parent calls and immediately starts dumping all of the day onto you. When you have a work meeting and needed to ask that quick question to resolve an important problem, we can communicate that we have some capacity to listen, but maybe not in a moment of urgency. Or that we need them to be mindful of our working hours and talk time because you have other priorities that are important to uphold. We also can learn to identify and prioritize our own needs. This is really established by first learning yourself and what is important to you. If you need time and space to be alone, to synthesize, rest, and recharge from the day, allow yourself the opportunity to do that and meet those needs. We can all become different versions of ourselves when we aren't meeting our needs. And this can be scary to put forth, especially if it's not in your nature. But this one is so key and so crucial as it serves as a foundation and a home to draw back on when we're feeling the compulsions of people-pleasing. We also can turn our perfectionist mindset into a growth mindset. We may feel influenced by others' expectations of us or usually what we assume to be people's assumptions of us. When we release the feeling of needing to be perfect for someone, not disappoint them or let them down... We free ourselves. We can understand that we are not perfect and hold space and grace for the imperfections within ourselves and with another. 
when we allow ourselves to try, to fail, to try again and realize the goal is to improve and not be flawless, we can appreciate our little wins and slowly but surely dissolve out of patterns that take us away from ourselves and instead replace them with actions, feelings, and moments of personal pride and independence for standing in our truth in real time with what is working and important for us. Growing is so much more fun than feeling like we need to strive for an impossible standard, and we can make growth a journey that is personalized to us. If you are someone that always says yes to plans with friends just to maybe cancel and feel riddled with guilt or shame that the night ends and being full of anxiety and sometimes FOMO, maybe the goal can be to just say no one time. See how it feels. Not put a big expectation on you, but initiate a small step to acknowledge yourself when the moment comes. And lastly, practice awareness of your feelings and validate them to build self-trust. You are not wrong for having needs and desires that are different to somebody else's. That is what makes us all unique and special after all, right? Learn to love you for the little things that you are. Do you like to have a solo beach day because the sun on your skin in silence is better than a chaotic group? Do that. Do you like to have dessert in the middle of the day and not right before bed? If you're sensitive to sugar, then do that. If you feel you are actually drained by listening to others' stories and never have time to share yours, politely decline the conversation and keep reading that book if that's what you want. As we do this, we build new patterns, habits, and positive feelings that give us the chance to rewire and inevitably build our self-esteem and resilience to do it again when people-pleasing feelings come knocking. Even as I was preparing for this episode, I was having an emotional day. I had a mid-afternoon cry. I needed a change of scenery. And so I went to a coffee shop that feels like a warm hug. But you know, I wasn't feeling my normal social self. Instead, my energy was low and I felt really internal. So I didn't do my small talk and chatting that is so typical of me in this setting. But instead, I was polite and gracious in my communication. I didn't overextend myself past my tenderly insulated comfort zone, but kept to my energy and my safe space and didn't just have a conversation or engage in the ways they expect me to be or ways they may have wanted from me. And I didn't get lost in what people may expect of me. It wasn't easy feeling like I may be disappointing important members of my community or thinking, oh no, are they going to think that I'm rude or that they know something is wrong? All of those thoughts came through my head. But I just remembered to be in my authenticity. If they were disappointed, it's okay. What's important is for me to honor my needs in this moment in time. Because when I show up authentically and true, I give people the chance to see who I really am in that moment. And I don't have to give in to people-pleasing behaviors that instead just create more dissonance and uncomfortability within myself and naturally create patterns that can be really hard to unwind out of. I hope some of this helped you today and look forward to seeing all of you guys in the next one. 
Thank you so much for listening to an episode of Greater Connection. I'm so happy to have you here. If you feel like this episode resonated with you at all, pass it on to someone that you love. And in the meantime, stay connected. I'll see you in the next one.